Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 90210 Show. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my super hot girlfriend, Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It is September 20th, 1996. Yes, it is. And we watched another episode of 90210. <clears throat> yeah, I'm still, like, getting over the emotional trauma of this episode. So. Oh, really? Yeah. You found it emotionally traumatic. Y- you saw me cry. You saw tears. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, yes. <clears throat> the, the one aspect that is, I suppose, emotionally traumatic. Yeah. Uh, I've always jokingly say that this week we did something different and watched an episode of 90210. But next week is going to be something different. Right. <clears throat> we are finally to the point now. This is the the final episode before two years ago in 1994 when Carol started watching 90210 live. Yeah. And she watched the last eight episodes. I joined her for, I want to say, maybe the last five or four of them. Yeah. And so next week, I made sure I cut everything out of all the tapes. I edited everything down. And next week is going to be a barrage of eight episodes in rapid fire succession uh, of those yes. those eight episodes. Those tapes are going to be rapid firing through your mail, mail slot into your house. That's right. So be prepared. It's like a howitzer. A what? That's a type of gun. Uh-huh. Although I think the howitzer is just a big gun, not like a uh, an M4 or an M3 Although I think some of you still go to our website. Yeah. Oh, I think. And, you know, listen there instead of tracking down the tapes. Yep. Some people, I'm, I've am i heard from a lot of people around the world that they go to uh, RetroLateFeed.com and listen to the show right through the site. Yeah. <clears throat> Being able to actually create a digital file and put it on the computer, it's like a revolution so next week's going to be kind of cool for like, especially for people who haven't been listening the whole time, but True. it's going to just be a repeat of eight episodes for everybody who's been listening since the beginning. It's not, All like what, two or three of you? It's not just going to be a repeat, Carol. It's going to be... That's true. When we first started, they, we didn't have nearly as many listeners as we do now. No. It was small, slim pickings at the beginning, but now... Uh, now we have a legion of fans. Yeah, we, we, we've got, you know, hordes of people who... Uh... What's bigger, a legion or a horde? <laughs> I don't know. I like horde better, though, because it makes me think of goblins. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say it makes you think of uh, Lucinda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be hordier. Yeah. And she is. So, this episode of 90210... Sorry, 90210. Okay. 90210, yes. Is what? Oh, you mean the name of it? A dog is a boy is a dog? (laughs) No. Was that right, though? It's close. A pig is a boy is a dog. Uh, Oh, I don't understand what the hell that means. 
I get the where the dog comes from. Where is the boy? And who is the pig? Um, Brandon's the dog boy, but or pig man or whatever. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon is uh, yeah. Uh, Lucinda, the art anthropologist, uh, also has a minor in biochemical engineering, and she turned Brandon <laughs> into a pig boy. Doctor Maru's uh, island or whatever. <laughs> pig boy. Uh, anyways, <laughs> the fuck. So, anyway, uh, yeah, but that's not what I mean. I mean, uh, recap the episode for us, please, Carol. Okay, so Rocky, the dog that they saved from... Rocky Dennis, the... the... Eric Stoltz, the man with uh, a weird face. Okay. You ever see the movie Mask? With Jim Carrey? Not not the Mask, not that terrible Jim Carrey movie. I was going to say. We watched that last year. But, no, it's called Mask. It's with Cher and Eric Stoltz. No. Never heard of it. Never saw it. It's based on the true story of Rocky Dennis, who had some sort of weird uh, genetic condition that um, made his face all weird and messed up. Okay. And uh, Cher played his mom, and and Eric Stoltz played Rocky Dennis, and about all his struggles and everything. It's like a, a biopic. I believe... That Peter Bogdanovich directed that movie. I kind of remember a TV show like that. Oh, yeah? Wasn't there a TV show of a kid with a messed up face? Uh, I don't think so. I know that they played Mask on television a lot, so maybe you're thinking of that. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe you caught bits and pieces of it and you thought it was a continuing television series. (laughs) Anyways, um, Rocky... Is the dog that was saved from the science lab. And he is not doing so hot. No. He's following, you know, the girls. Oh, no, it's David and Donna who are jogging across campus. By the way, if we if we cough or clear our throats a little bit. Sorry, it's it's that time of year where I'm going to have to be editing out a lot of coughs and uh, I might not get all of them. So just say no. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know what's happening. It's the cat. It's happening to me, too. My throat's really dry, and I'm clearing my throat a lot, too. So hmm. Maybe it's just the quality of the air. Maybe. Anyway, so Rocky, uh, turns out that getting experimented on uh, a lot is not good for you. Right. So um, he's not able to keep up with them like he should. And, oh, because um, they're jogging. Yeah. yeah like, That's a weird thing to see Yeah, do. they don't seem like joggers. They look like joggers, though. Here's the thing. I'll bet you that, what's her name? Uh, Tori Tori Spelling. Spelling. I'll bet you that Tori Spelling and Brian Austin Green are joggers in real life. Maybe. Because they look like joggers, and they're dressed like joggers, especially him and his, uh, like, whatever velour (laughs) tracksuit that he's wearing. But their characters do not seem like joggers. Right, and and she's wearing lycra. It's like, it's like, uh... Licorice? No. Oh, okay. Lycra. Spandex? Know. I don't know what Lycra. Oh, spandex. Okay. Isn't, isn't spandex and Lycra, aren't they the thing? I'm not... This isn't one of those situations where I'm <laughs> being questioning because I know you're wrong and I'm, like, trying to make you feel bad. Okay. This is one of those situations where I don't know what Lycra is. Gotcha. Well, yeah, so she looks like she's going to be in some kind of workout video, okay? Like, she looks like... Let's get physical, (laughs) physical. It's like fitness Barbie came to life, and she's jogging. 
So this poor doggy, though, he's tired. He can't do it. Think of think of it from his point of view, because we find out later what what's wrong with him. But he's like, "What the fuck, dicks? Right? Why are you making me run?" <laughs> um, I don't know. Other than him seeming a little tired that episode, though, it didn't seem like he was having a ton of symptoms up until no. Probably that bad. Probably because Pound Cake uh, is actually not sick at all. Right. Yeah, that's the uh, dog's name that played Rocky. Pound Cake. I think that's so cute. I want to get a dog and name it Pound Cake. But you have to get it from the pound. Right. And I can't get a dog from the pound. It has to be a pound puppy. (laughs) Oh my god, pound puppies. I had pound puppies and I loved them. So did I. I used to play with my pound puppies. They come with a little house, Mm -hmm. a little cardboard house. I used to have a brown one with black ears and then a white and black one with black ears. Uh, and they, I had, I developed entire stories for them, storylines. Wow. They had hierarchies and stuff like that. One, the black and white one was always trying, like the brown one was, was the leader and the black and white one was always like jealous and trying to take over the leadership, but then he'd end up getting defeated. <laughs> these are the kind of these are the kind of stories that boys play. With. Wow. <laughs> there was there was very complicated po- political hierarchy <laughs> in my pound. That is messed up shit. I had I had one of the big ones. Uh you know, one of those big dogs mm. and then a lot of the little ones. I probably had maybe 10 or 12 of them. I loved pound puppies. Wow. You know, playing with little boys was weird. Like, Mm -hmm. boys just play weird. Well, we play different. I I mean, it's a little reductive to be like, oh, boys just play weird. But we play different than girls, yes. Well, like, I played Barbies with my next-door neighbor, Jesse, and I'll never forget. Jesse's Barbie. I'll never forget what happened because... (laughs) Because it was the subject of a seven-week-long trial? He was Ken, uh-huh. and I was Barbie, and we were in my Barbie dream house. And he, it turned into a nightmare. <laughs> he's like, "Get me a beer, bitch!" <laughs> what the fuck? And he like hit her, and it was like awful. His oh Barbie was God. so mean to my Barbie, and I didn't oh, want to play Barbies wow. with him anymore. Wow! I have a feeling that spoke to what was going on in his home. <laughs> Yeah, that's which is frightening. Up, yeah. Oh my god, they're uh, um. <laughs> my friend Bob and I, we just—I don't know—like we came up with this routine together for some reason, just off the cuff in the middle of class. There, there was a commercial a few years ago, uh, where it was um, this little boy, it's like a little like five-year-old boy. And five-year-old girl. And he's like, uh, will you marry me? Or whatever to the little girl. And she goes, where's my ring? Aww. And he gives her a lifesaver. Aww. And she goes, a lifesaver? And he goes, don't worry, we'll live with my mother. <laughs> and then that's the end of the commercial, right? Yeah. <laughs> Bob and I somehow, talking back and forth with each other, came up with a scenario of like one year later or whatever. <laughs> You see the mom in the background with just needle tracks <gasps> no! up and down her arm. And <laughs> the little boy's like, I, 
I said I wanted a sandwich, bitch. And oh, my God. Backhands are across the face. And then, and then the cops come. She's got the lifesaver still on her finger. Wow. Cops are, cops are like, beat you up pretty good this time, huh? And this made me laugh like nothing else, the way Bob said this. Bob, Bob just goes, I fell. <laughs> the, <laughs> the way he said it. It's like, I don't think Bob ever considered going into acting. But the way he said it sold it so much of like a, a just broken spirit who knows that she's lying and knows that everyone knows she's lying, but is committed to it. And it was just like, I don't know, the whole thing was hilarious. Like, I don't know how we we had like a five minute conversation about this commercial. Like, where would they be? Just like joking about how ridiculous it was and everything. Right. Like, where would they be in a year or something like that? And I, I think I said, what if his mom was like a heroin addict or something like that? And then it, everything snowballed from there. We just like play acted that. Wow. How old used, were you? And then we used to perform it for people. You were teenagers, right? Yeah, for, like 17. Okay. Or like that. Okay, 17, good. 18 years old. <laughs> yeah, we were like eight, so. No, yeah, I know. It's a little I different. Mean, ours was was clearly like a joke based right. on, um, you know, based on like I don't know stereotypes and, and stuff like that. But yeah, that's that's much more messed up what you're talking about. <laughs> so, I don't remember how we got onto the subject, but back to nine hundred two one zero. The dog, yeah, <laughs> because um, she was fitness Barbie. Yeah, <laughs> running. <laughs> They decided to take him to the vet just to see what's going on. People tune into the show for the digressions. Right. (laughs) And um, they find out that he, well, they don't find out right away. And only David gets the news. Well, David David took him to the vet. And so David got the results of the blood work. That Rocky has cancer. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And he's such an asshole. He won't tell Donna because he, like, can't deal with hurting her. Like, fuck you. She's, like, bending over backwards, taking care of this dog. She thinks he's going to get better. What is the Mm. medicine that they're feeding him? (laughs) I don't know. I think it's morphine. So fucked up. They got the, the, their veterinarian was Dr. Kevorkian. Right? She's just like, we're going to get you all better, Rocky. And he's, David's just sitting there looking sick. Like, just say something, you ass. Even Brenda, though, says you might want to wait for the right time. Just there is no right time. No. There's no right time to be like, oh, your dog's dying. Nope. Because the vet's like, there's nothing more we can do. The dog has cancer. They don't say what kind of cancer, but the dog has, you know, medical research cancer. Right. Cancer of the medical research part (laughs) of the body. So then at the end of the episode, he's crying. He's whimpering in dog, pain, yeah. and it sucks. And like, I'm like, just take him to the vet and put him down, bitch. But she like won't. Donna's She's like, like, we'll get, we'll get him better. We're gonna fix him. I will. The power of my virginity. I saved, <laughs> I saved myself for God for this. Oh my God, God will fix this dog. So instead of putting him out of his misery, she selfishly keeps him alive until he stops breathing. Yeah, he just dies right there. Just die. Imagine. What how what that death is like dying succumbing from uh, I guess the pain of cancer I like I don't know God it, one knows. of his organs stops he just heart stop beating because I don't know whatever this but, is depressing yeah it is 
So it would have been so much more humane to give him a needle. Right. Take him to Kevorkian. <laughs> exactly. Jack Kevorkian, this dog. Apparently, he'll do it, so. Right. For dog anybody, any Dog reason. doesn't even need to have cancer. Right? Got enough money? You got, what, 50 bucks? Hop in the van. <laughs> he'll pay you. <laughs> so, this fires Brenda up. The loss of this dog. Yep. <laughs> what? This dog's suffering is fuel for Brenda. <laughs> she really wants to, uh, you know, get with these animal rights activists. Mm-hmm. And even prior to Rocky's death, her and Donna were protesting. Yeah, we we met them in the last episode, and and they were already kind of involved. Yeah, well, this episode, they, they were protesting with them, and the... What, Regents. Okay. The, the Regents of the, the school. Yeah, are voting as to whether or not they're going to continue to do the animal testing research stuff. And apparently they said they were not going to. They said they were going to vote to stop animal testing on campus. Right. So they're all out there like celebrating. They're like, this is our moment. Mm-hmm. And instead. One shining moment. They say, uh, we're going to table it for next time. Yeah. Which means they, they're, they're, they don't want to take a position. They don't want to vote. Yeah. So they're going to continue to allow it for now. Yeah. So everybody's pretty upset about that. Then Rocky dies. I mean, this is a lot. And they almost beat the fuck out of one of the regents as he's walking yeah. through. And the leader's like, no, this is a peaceful mo- uh, movement. Don't do that. Don't, like, shove them and stuff. But they were giving him a little shove. Yeah, that I don't was blame not them. good. I don't blame them, though. Mm. It might not have been that dude's fault. Maybe he was the sole voice of reason. <laughs> and they're just beating him up. He gave this impassioned speech about uh, not having animal testing. Right. And I was like, fuck you. So, it's not looking great for these animal rights people. No. And they're they're getting to their wits end. Yeah. So the, so they become the weather underground. Well, I mean, if anybody remembers where we started with 90210. The 1960s. We what? We start with Brenda in uh custody. Mhm. And I always wondered what the hell happened. So now we know. Yep, now we know. She goes knocking on the dude's door. Come and knock on this dude's door. And he's like... terrorist waiting for you. Like, this is not a good time. Now, I think it's kind of messed up to, like, go to his room. That's pretty presumptuous. Like, hey, I'm just going to come over here and talk about Well, she barges right in and she's like, what what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Like he, he could have closed. Like if no one else was there, he could have like slammed the door. And he's like, "Oh, I'll show you what I'm gonna do about it." <laughs> well, I don't think this guy is a rapist, but it, it's. I'm gonna tame a. I'm gonna tame a pussy cat. Tonight. Oh my! It just seemed a little inappropriate. I okay, yeah, sure. She was mad, and so she went to where she knew he was. I don't. I mean, like, what was inappropriate about it? Storming into a dude's room. I mean, she probably shouldn't have stormed in, I guess, but Eh. she wanted to talk about what they were going to do for the animal rights. And it just so happened that the, uh, yeah, terrorist group was meeting (laughs) and they said, okay, I guess we'll let her in instead of, I don't know, like it was weird. Like a couple of people didn't want her. She never even really said she wanted to join them. Did she? No, not really. Well, she said they, they were like, well, one, I think one of them said, are you willing to... Uh, you know, do action or something like that. Right. And she was like, yes, well-worded sentence. I'm ready to do action. (laughs) 
take action. But the yeah, there you go. But the the female of the group, the female terrorist, mm-hmm. she goes. She reminds me of me ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then her her boyfriend or whatever looks. He was like ten. <laughs> oh, wow. No, I'm just joking. They didn't say that. But she did say that she reminds her of ten years ago. And so they they recruit her. They're like, let's do it. You're gonna be. You're you're perfect for a, a lookout because you're gonna just pretend to be a student and you're in the hallway. Now, keep in mind it's midnight. Yeah, I don't think anyone's working there because they were like, if anybody uh, like comes on you, talk loud enough so that we can hear, and then just tell them you you work in the lab and you're just taking a break, which is ridiculous. And it's like, okay, well, one, why do I have to go out in the hall to take a break? What am I smoking? And two, it's the middle of the night. Right. No one's the whole point of the reason we're here now is because no one else is here. Yeah, it was not a very well thought out plan. No, but she is. She's standing out in the hall, standing guard. Now, prior to this, Andrea had taken them to the lab, lab thirty three, and shown them that they're somehow using cats <laughs> to research SIDS. Yep, I don't understand the correlation, Carol. Cats has four letters and SIDS has four <laughs> right? letters. It's very clear. And and Brenda... You just see a bunch of scientists. There's a big blackboard that says C equals S. <laughs> <laughs> That's their research. Right. I mean, they like, didn't you see their research? It was smeared and shit on the wall. <laughs> um, I don't... Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. Like, the way cats sleep is not analogous to the way human beings sleep cats don't die of sids right like human babies do i don't i don't understand i'm not sure what they're going to a cat's brain wave so they were talking about they were like oh we're going to study their brain patterns because we're not sure exactly how people how the brain regulates breathing while we sleep which i don't know if that's the case or not i i was pretty sure that the the brain stem the you know, the main, like, kind of animal, whatever, component of the brain that controls our heartbeat, controls our our respiration and everything. Now, we do we do exhibit a little more control over our respiration than other autonomous parts of the body. So there, I, there might be something to that. I don't know. But what I do know is this. Brain, or uh, cats, brains, mm-hmm. brain waves are almost always in an alpha state, which is not the state that human beings sleep in. Okay. So I don't think that cats and human beings sleep anywhere near the same. So it seems ridiculous. I think maybe dogs, maybe, but I'd, you, anyone that's had cats knows they they nap a lot and they nap. <laughs> right. They nap usually suddenly. <gasps> that's what it is. Sudden naps. Sudden <laughs> infanta. There you go. It's the suddenness. We found the correlation. All right, but. That's the lab they break into. Yeah, and Brenda's like, no, not that one. Any lab, but that one. That's the good lab. They're doing good in there. And they're like, yeah, this lab connects to all the other labs. Don't worry, we'll fuck every place up. (laughs) So they just let all the animals out of their cages. They don't collect them. They don't say, let's, you know, let's collect these animals. We'll take care of them. Right, find them homes. That seems dumb. Yeah. If you're an animal rights group, you're just... Well, they're going to be wild, right? Feral cats. Yeah, go go uh, go! Make your way in uh, Beverly Hills. Oh, you're domesticated. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be driving limos and stuff like that. <laughs> Robert De Niro is going to be like, "Oh my, 
uh, I'll, t- I'll talk to you later. My car's here. And then he gets in the uh, the back of the limo, and it's just going to be a cat driving. It's <laughs> Toonses, the cat that can drive a car. There you go. Yeah, the whole thing's dumb, but not very long at all after they go in and start messing things up. No. The uh, FBI come running down the hall. That's right. Female bikini inspectors <laughs> come through the hall. She doesn't even have time to warn them. Like, it's so fast. And like even FBI! if she... Even if she did, like, they didn't have time to get out. Fuck no, they're done. I mean, I guess they were thinking about a security guard, not the FBI. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they they were not prepared for this. Right. It's very clear that they were infiltrated in some way. Right. Somebody, and they might, maybe they'll suspect it's Brenda, I don't know, but somebody on the inside tipped them off. They're just waiting for them. Yeah, so... I'm trying to remember. Okay, well, I guess you'll hear hear about next week time next time yeah um <laughs> they get arrested and then we we see the aftermath of that afterwards yeah so that's brenda's whole storyline yep she she ends up in cuffs at the end uh and links <laughs> brandon and lucinda and dylan and kelly it's a love quadrangle oh my goodness gracious you know with lucinda it, it could be <laughs> you know they, well, yeah, they could all end up together. Yeah, because she would kiss Kelly, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. She'd do more than kiss her. You think so? <laughs> now, Brandon and Dylan would have to also kiss. Yeah, that's not going to work out there. See, does that turn you on, the thought of them kissing? No. It's it's, it's weird, right? Why? Yeah, I don't know why guys get so turned on thinking about girls kissing. You do? Yeah, but I, <laughs> I, I'm a girl, and I'm bisexual. So... It's like picturing, uh, you know, kissing a hot guy. Same thing. Well, you know why guys like that? Because in that scenario, um, we're we're rooting for both of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <sighs> okay. So Kelly won't give up on um, Lucinda getting her movie funded by Dylan, which yeah. seems weird. Like she really believes in this movie, Carol. She really believes in Lucinda. She does. She she has like a, a little crush on her or something. Not sexually. Maybe maybe uh, Carol. Maybe Kelly would be into it too with Lucinda. Maybe, but I mean, it seems more like she she wants to be Lucinda when she grows up someday. Yeah. And um, I Dylan doesn't want to explain himself. You know, I I really think it would have been better if he just told her right from the beginning what happened. He should have. But um, should have told her right when she got back. Yeah. Instead, he's just like, oh, I'm not interested anymore. Like, why? Why is he protecting Lucinda? I don't get it. I think, I think he's protecting himself. Because he kissed her back. Yeah, I don't think he wants to admit that part of it. Yeah. But it seems weird, too, that he went there, said, I didn't say I didn't want to be here, kissed her back, and then rejected her, flipped out, and like, fuck you, I'm not helping you. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what happened? Maybe she wasn't a good kisser. <laughs> He's just like, never mind. It went back in the hole. <laughs> like oh, a goodness. frightened turtle. <laughs> but um, they decide to have a dinner party. Mm-hmm. Well, Kelly does. Kelly has a dinner party, and she gets it in her head that it'll be helpful if Lucinda brings Brandon. Because she thinks Dylan is mad at her for the, all the time she's been spending with Brandon. He's getting jealous. And she says, if he he sees that you have a girlfriend in Lucinda, then 
he won't be jealous anymore because he'll be like, oh, you know, Brandon's not interested in me. Brandon would never kiss me after a square dance. <laughs> right. Um. So that's, yeah, that's what she she says. And we can, you know, help each other and try to get him to fund this project. And so Brandon reluctantly agrees. Uh, well, he tells Lucinda and Lucinda's like, oh, we got to keep this a secret. And he's like, oh, it's, you know, it's too hard or whatever. And then she agrees not to keep it a secret. Somehow Brenda also knows. I think she knows what happened between him and Kelly. She seems to indicate that because she's like, oh, you and Kelly are getting close or whatever. And he's like, yo, you'd love that if uh, me and Kelly got together because then that would leave Dylan for you. And she's like, "Mm -hmm." well, I don't think that she knows. I think she just, you know, suspects and hopes for that exact reason. Right. But anyway, so Lucinda agrees and they all go. The four of them have a dinner party. together. Yeah, this is the most awkward dinner party in the world. Yeah, it's a more awkward dinner party since the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, <laughs> um, Dylan's very hostile to Lucinda. Yeah, and he says that she needs to find a female producer to make her movie. <laughs> right, female distributor too. Yeah, and she just gets up and storms out. Right, she's like, "That's it." He he is being a real big dick. Well, we we know why though. Because yes, she is. dared to come on to him? <laughs> but he responded. He feels guilty. He doesn't want anything to do with her. He thinks, well, we as we come to find out, he bl- he blame, he'll blame everyone else but himself. Oh, yeah. For what happens. Yeah. So, I don't remember what happens next. Kelly and him have an argument after they leave. and He tells her, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Kelly's like... You know, oh, you're such a, why are you being so whatever? And, and he's like, yeah, oh, she's your hero, right? You want to be just like her when you grow up, right? And she's like, yeah, maybe I do. And he goes, yeah, well, guess what? She, uh, while you were out of town, she, uh, you know, she tried to sleep with me. And she's like, you're, why would you say that? You're still yeah, she lying. thinks he's lying, which is so wrong. And she goes, you think she'd go to those links just to fund her film or whatever? And he goes, I thought that at first, but you know what I think it was? I was the nearest available warm body. Which I think is correct. I do. I agree. She's some kind of fucking nympho. Yeah. Uh, and so then the next day at, in class, Kelly raises her hand and she's like, mm, I, I, I thought maybe we should uh, continue our discussion about monogamy. And then they, they have this very passive aggressive conversation where it's clear each other knows who they're talking, mm-hmm. what they're talking about. And Lucinda essentially admits to what she did. Yeah. Very, very thinly veiled conversation that Kelly ends up storming out of class. I mean, even Andrea kind of understood what they were talking yeah. about. And Kelly goes and um, tells Brandon yep. what happened between Dylan and Lucinda. And she goes, do you think, uh, do you think that it could be true? Lucinda basically admitted it, but she's like, do you think it could be true? And he's like, no, she's definitely capable. Of it. Yeah. Like he had no, no qualms about saying he, that. He doesn't even seem that mad. Well, no, cause he really wants to be with Kelly. Yeah. And I think, I think their relationship had pretty much run, run its course at that point. Yeah. And they didn't have a real relationship. They no. were really just having sex. Yeah, like, he wants to act like it's a relationship, but it's not. And I mean, Lucinda th- was wrong, but I don't know that necessarily Lucinda was wrong because she was cheating on Brandon. Because I don't know that they were necessarily at, at an exclusive place. Right. I think she was wrong 
for trying to go after Kelly's boyfriend. Right. When Kelly's someone she knows, and she knows that she's with Dylan. I think that was wrong. Well, and that Kelly's trying to help her. Yeah. Yeah, it was very much backstabby. So... Brandon then confronts Lucinda. Oh, she talks about Eskimos, too. Their oh, yeah. conversation goes like, <laughs> oh, um, you know, uh, like she's like, well, in the Eskimo culture, uh, when men go uh, on a fishing trip or whatever, they expect the other men in the village to, to sexually please their wives. And they're like, they have a... Um, they have a word for it or whatever. It's like it's to describe the feeling of closeness that they all share by sharing the same lovers. And I have a friend of mine who I thought he came up with this term, but apparently not. Apparently it's actually based on reality. Oh. Uh, he said that if two guys have both slept with the same girl, then they're called Eskimo brothers. Oh, wow. I never heard that. And... I was like, oh, that's funny. Like, what's well, a funny, you know, he's like, oh, you know, we're Eskimo brothers. And so like, he Were and I, you? No, he and I weren't. But, um, like, you know, like, that's how we would use it in a sentence, right? And I just kind of thought that he came up with that. And I was like, oh, that's a funny, you know, thing to come up with. But apparently it's based on this. Weird. Yeah. So, finally, somehow, I, I, I believe Kelly just tells him, but Dylan finds out. About Brandon. Kelly, yeah. Kelly says, if, if my, our relationship is going to have any chance of succeeding, I have to be honest with him, so I'm going to tell him. And then Brandon's like, maybe I should tell him. And she's like, no, nah, I think it'd be better if I told him. Yeah. She's like, let me tell him first. <laughs> yeah. Then you can deal with it. And you that. were like, why can't they both tell him? Well, now we see why. <laughs> yeah. The, what, five minutes it took him to drive all the way across town. Dylan doesn't seem like the type, but I guess he is. What, to get violent? To come over and beat the fuck out of Brandon for kissing his girl. It just doesn't seem like something he'd do. Eh, I mean, if he didn't care, it, he wouldn't, but he cares, obviously. I guess he seems more, like, aloof and, you know, whatever, like, Dean Martin, like, cool, you know, mm -hmm. detached a lot of times. But he does have the his flare-ups of emotion. Yeah, he's he's kind of unstable, honestly. Yeah, that's true. So, he pulls in the driveway, and Brandon knows exactly what is up. Of course. And Steve's there helping him and, and Brandon's mom get groceries out of the back <laughs> right. of the car. It's like the most fucking... It's like Dylan drives in uh, Rebel Without a Cause style into an episode of Leave it to Beaver. Right. <laughs> he's like, Wally, you fucked my girl. <laughs> And Brandon's like, why don't you guys go inside? Uh, mm -hmm. I'll take care of that. Yeah. And Steve's just standing there. Well, Steve starts to walk away and, and carry uh, a bag in right. there. But then uh, Dylan says something like, uh, oh, you know, you sent that temptress over to my house <laughs> yeah. to, you know, try to fuck me or whatever. And Steve's like, wait a second. What's uh, what's the sex mania? Yeah, what's talk? going on here? And he, this is all a very comically filmed and choreographed yeah. Thing. Steve walks over and he's so delighted. Mm -hmm. He's standing in between the two of them as they're going back and forth. And he's just, it's like watching a tennis match. He's, it's the best acting that Ian Ziering's ever done. <laughs> it's awesome. Like he makes this scene. Well, his face is so funny. Yeah. He's like, they don't give him enough comedy to do. Cause I think he is, he has the face, the mannerisms. And I think he has the, 
the timing to be like a naturally gifted comedian. Yeah. But they don't give him enough to do comedy wise. They don't give him enough to do period lately. Yeah. But <clears throat> Dylan takes a swing at Brandon and ends up punching Steve in the face. Yeah, Brandon ducks and he hits Steve right in the mouth. It's so funny. the nose. And then everybody just like laughs and everybody's fine and it's all okay. Yeah. They just laugh it off and and Steve's like, uh, you got me in the nose. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's just like what boys do sometimes. Uh, yeah. But it's so funny because Dylan's like all like, for, it's Lucinda's fault for coming on to him. And then it's Brandon's fault for allowing Lucinda to go over there. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. He's like, oh, you sent her over there and then you make a move on my girl and all this shit. And it's like, I get him being mad because he kissed Kelly. Mm-hmm. But... The Lucinda thing is like that's you did that. Yeah, you went to her house and you kissed. Like he would have been if he would have reacted. She leaned in to kiss and he leaned back and was like, "What are you doing?" Right. Then he would have done absolutely nothing wrong, and he would have been completely justified. But he kissed her back. Yeah, and then he freaked out. Yeah, not cool. Not cool, Dylan. Nah. So I mean, I think that's it. Andre didn't really have too much going on aside from her part in the pet. Yeah, thing. she gave us the tour of uh, uh, the cat Sid's factory. So right, and then Steve got punched in the face, and that was about it for him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So next week, like like Mark already said, you're going to have eight episodes to listen to, and then we'll be back the week after that for the beginning of season five. Just got the season five tapes, so. Oh, and speaking of, uh, this is the 100th episode of 90210. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Tori Spelling tells us afterwards that happy 100 episodes, and here's Pound Cake, and he's not dead. Don't cry anymore. So that means that anybody who's listened to them all has has listened to us talk for probably... 100 episodes of 90210. Probably close to 50 hours of your life. Holy shit. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> if you If you're one of the ones that... Have either started from the beginning or went back to the beginning and listened to all these episodes. You have wasted 50 hours of your life. Thank you and congratulations. (laughs) Anyways, uh, we will talk to you in a couple weeks with the next season. All right. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.